0: Who knows that God wants to be here more than we do? He wants his people more than we could ever want him. Every time we seek him, every time we search for him, every time we look to him, he's already there. He's already been waiting. God's just waiting for us. He's already done it. He's finished it. He's completed it. And whatever we are willing comes down to willingness you will not hear the end of that coming from my mouth that it comes down to our willingness I might have to say it every week the spirit of God just keeps putting that in me you have a choice you had a choice to say yes to Jesus and you have a, uh, a choice to seek him he doesn't make you if you've noticed he doesn't make you do anything as I've said before it feels like he's compelling you He will make the situation around you, he can make some things around you feel like he's really pushing you in the right direction (laughs) because of his love and his grace and his mercy, but you have a choice. I've been talking these last uh, sermons. I had started it in December. Then last week I did part two and I want to continue right in to what God is speaking. And God just wants his people to be free. He wants his people, his church, to be the body. He wants you in freedom. He doesn't want you bound. The Bible clearly tells us whether we believe the gospel or not, we don't have to believe the Bible for it to be true. Isn't that right? We don't have to believe God for his truth to be truth. But I feel like the Lord wanted me to to just start pounding the statement that it's the truth that sets us free. It's the truth. Isn't it interesting? Again, um, I don't know worldwide, but in this nation, isn't it interesting that truth is coming out? I mean, the enemy just keeps trying to suppress the truth, right? The enemy just keeps trying to, I mean, you just can't shower. Whoops. Can't shower enough if you know that what that means, then that's for you to know. You can't shower enough lies for his truth to just keep penetrating. The truth of God will not be suppressed. It cannot be suppressed. The enemy has tried to speak a lie right from the garden. It was a lie that he spoke, and I've been going back to the garden in this series too because I feel like, man, that's it's where it began. That's where our nature, our sin nature was birthed, but it sparked from a lie. Isn't it ironic that the devil told, he tricked Eve by saying this, you would become like God? Isn't the irony that she didn't realize that she already was like God? They were made in His image. They were eternal. They had no pain, no suffering. They only had one commission, as God does. Just multiply, be free, have dominion. What does God do? He just has dominion over His creation. They were already like God. And it started with a lie, a lie that got into her mind and in her flesh she saw. And then her emotions, her, 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 her nature, human nature that we're well aware of, took that lie and wanted it. And it sparked the life we live today. You are born, you are born whether we like it or not. We don't have to agree with his story or not, but we were born in sin. Thank you, Lord, that he broke that curse and bridged the gap and brought us back into life, right? But it doesn't change the fact that when you are born, you were born into sin. You were born because of that curse that was sparked from a lie. But God's truth did not stay suppressed, did it? The enemy pushed it down for a time. They lost the presence of God. That was eternity. God made it again. That's that's the least really of what God did. It was his presence. It was the relationship with him. It was the relationship that Adam and Eve had with God, that they walked with God. That's truly what they lost. Not eternity, but they lost the relationship. The truth of God broke through the darkness though, didn't it? The truth broke through. There was lies after lies. I mean, like I said last week, the lies grew. The darkness grew to a point where God just had to flood the whole earth and try to start again with one family. And when that wasn't even enough, they wanted to do evil again. He sent His only Son, the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the truth, and that truth bridged the gap that was made by sin back to the presence of God. That is ultimately what He did. Yes, we've become eternal with Him. We have been given life with Him. But He gave us back the presence of God. At that very moment that Jesus died on the cross, the Bible tells us that the veil in the temple, the place in the temple the most intimate most holy place the place that you could not go you were not allowed to go only the high priest could go only he was allowed into that place and he even they would tie a rope around his leg because the high priest if he were to go into the place the most holy of holies into the presence of god with any sin whether he knew of it or not unaware sin they tied a rope and a bell, because the guy may just drop dead and have to be dragged out. No one could go in there to get them because they'd be unholier than him. That was the presence of God. It had no place with our flesh. The devil sparked a lie, and that out of that lie separated us. but God, in his truth, on that cross, he tore, that he tore. What blocked us out, he divided it, he destroyed that, and the truth set us free. I want to speak right from that today. I just want to fill in some gaps. I'd encourage you to go on our website or into SoundCloud, find us, No Name Church, on SoundCloud, and listen to last week, and you can find the first one in December, and um I want to just make a few statements and I want to get right into it. The Bible says a few things. First of all, these four points I want you to get today. I don't do a lot about points, do I? Today I got some points and they're in there, but I don't usually stay them. So you got to like, man, you got to listen. You got to know or go back and listen to it to find my points. I'm going to tell you them right now. I want you to get them today. The first thing is that we are a soul. That's how we're born. That is, you don't have to choose to be a born soul. You are a soul. The second thing is that God is spirit, okay? You are a soul born into this world. God is spirit. The third thing I want you to get is that when we become His, we get His spirit, the spirit that's eternal, the spirit that has dominion, the spirit that sits upon the throne over the whole universe, that spirit of God becomes one with our spirit and the soul, which is temporary, which is, is, wants to do its own thing, which, which dies. Your spirit, it's a choice, can get lined up with His spirit. You are a soul, God a spirit, but you are born with a choice. To be soul, which is death, or to be spirit, which is life. And ultimately, in the fourth point, is that the Holy Spirit, this is the key. And that song, I didn't even tell them. I had no idea what today's song list was, but... Not only did they play that song, but for that song to be the fourth, the last song that we just came right into the sermon. This is God today. God is saying some things today. If you just listen, open your ears today, encourage you to listen, that God is going to speak to you today, that the Holy Spirit will help you keep making that choice. We are a soul, God is spirit. There's a choice and the Holy Spirit, if you let him, will help you to keep making that spirit choice instead of the soul choices. Who has made some soul choices in their life? Who needs me to explain what the soul is to know you've made soul choices? We don't. These are just, you know, the word, the gospel is simple. It's a very simple gospel. We can complicate it. I mean, I can speak a lot and maybe make it sound complicated, but it's a very simple gospel. That Jesus came to set us free. The devil wants to trap you. Jesus wants to free you. Simple. State in Jesus, we get freedom. Remove ourselves from him by our choice. That's us. That's not him. That's not him. God doesn't send anybody to hell. We remove ourselves. We believe the lies. We get the repercussions of the lot. That's it. It's a simple gospel. So I'll get right into it. And some of these things you've heard me say in the first two, but I just wanted to run through these things. If you've heard me say them, then now maybe you'll memorize. Them. Maybe they'll get ground in there a little bit more. So just bear with me that you're going to hear some of the things that I've been saying, and I'll keep moving in a good pace so that we can get to the ultimate. I want to get to point four. That's it. The Holy Spirit is the key. You cannot do it without him. So firstly, we are flesh. We have a soul. We have human nature. We have sin nature. First point, these things die. Your human nature does not go into heaven. You cannot bring that soulish thing in you with God. God has nothing to do with the flesh and with the soul. That was birthed through sin. That thing in them didn't even exist. It came when we broke away from the place we had in God, being like God. Jesus restores us, but only when we come to Him. So, before Christ, we are souls. We are born wanting to do, and you hear me say this many times, what we want to do, when we want to do it, and how we want to do it. That's how we're born. You do not have to teach a toddler, a little baby, to do evil. And we don't call them evil in comparison to murder and things like that, but they sneak, they steal, envious. They're jealous. You don't have to teach that baby to do that. The parents certainly not, well, maybe they are unknowingly watching the parent. But the baby, there's something instinctually within that nature they're born with that wants to do what it wants to do. And that's the hardest thing for a believer. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll just say it right now. It's the hardest thing for a believer to do is to not Do what you want to do right now. Nobody likes being told what to do. That's not New York. That is the world. (laughs) Nobody wants to be told what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Nobody. So you don't have to teach us that's our soul. But the Bible says... That this soul man is common Christian teaching, and we can't go into the verses. We could spend some more time just on this, but it's common Christian teaching that within the soul is your mind, it's your will, and it's your emotions. It's what you're thinking about. It's what you're feeling. It's what you're, you basically, and I, I basically rearranged it into a line like this. So we think, and we feel, and then we decide, and we act out. That's your soul. That's what's going on. You're making decisions based on what you perceive. You're making decisions based on what you feel. You're making decisions based on, like, in a conversation. Is this person giving me a dirty look? Or did they just not eat today? But you're making decisions nonetheless of how to then react back. Your actions are coming out of your mind and your emotions and your will. And you, and you act. Okay, so that's our soul. It's very simple. It's not a bad thing. Um, the soul itself is not necessarily a bad thing when it lines up with God, but when it does what it wants, the soul, when it has power, when you line that soul up with God, then it's not a bad thing. Because then we, we think differently, we feel differently, we, then ultimately we act differently. So that soul, can, Jesus told us. Jesus said that he had to go through everything that we do, right? In order for his sacrifice to truly take your place, it means that he had to be just as much a man that you are, just as much as human as we are, which means that what he faced is temptations, and he proved to us that the soul doesn't have to rule. And in fact, it's in the scripture, we'll get to it. But the Bible says that this soul it says uh, that it, we, not only does it come with the package, but that as we come to Christ, it needs to be, I just said, suppressed, put low, but we can also call it by the scriptures, stripped off. The Bible says in Colossians 3, verse 9, it says, Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off. The New King James adds, You've taken off the old man. It's your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. So your sinful nature is there. If the Bible says it was there as we're believers and it, it, it was there, we're pressing forward, right? We're not staying here, but it was there. We have stripped it off. We've removed it. We've gotten rid of that thing. Well, the Bible says that because we've... Why do we strip it off? Why are we getting rid of those things? Why are we pushing away that flesh? Why? Well, the body... You don't actually... This is a common misconception. That people think that you actually receive eternal life when you die. That's actually a lie. It's not a big lie. I mean, it's, we're kind of splitting hairs here, but actually... The reality is, is that you were born dead. You were dead the moment you were born. Because the Bible says that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, singly. Remember I said last week, I mean, when he states something, it's stated, that's it. He is the life. You are not actually alive. You're in a body right now. But the Bible says, basically, that you come to life. You receive life. In Jesus Christ you're breathing air here but your body which will go into the ground right whether you believe in Christ or not right has within it a soul who you are when you're born now that soul if you just re- if you reject Jesus Christ that's your choice if you reject it that soul will stay in death All that death really is is separation from God. You're born separated from Him. Now, it's not truly separated. I was meditating on this. Just the fact that we have light. Do you realize that just light itself is God? Light. The Bible says that God is light. The fact that You can look at creation. You get to see his creation and see his stars and see this world. You have, whether you like to, you want to receive it or not, God is still around you. And there comes a point, though, where the soul that rejects him, that rejects the offer of life, finally that soul that was dead and won't receive life. Remember, we receive life. We receive his gift of life if you rejected that soul just stays dead for eternity. But the soul man, we strip that off because we are no longer, we are not dead. We're not going to stay in death. We have come to life, so we strip off from us those things that have kept us in death. The things that held us Before Christ, we get stripped those things and we come into life. So, secondly, God is spirit. And His spirit is eternal. John chapter 4 verse 23. The hour is coming and now is when, in New King James, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. That's so what God is looking for. God is looking for us to worship him in spirit. We strip off the old man, we strip off that soul because God is spirit. And it says that those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. But when, whenever someone turns to the Lord, The veil that we talked about is taken away for the Lord, verse 17, is spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, verse 18, all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us, because we've stripped off, He makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. The image that we were originally designed with. He's not giving you really a new image. He's giving you the one that he wanted for you before time began. But the lie of sin trapped you, kept you, kept you from that. And now he's giving you That again, as we choose Him. So, we come to the fact that there is a choice. The soul is death and the spirit is life. Galatians 6, verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live, listen to this verse, verse 8. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, their human nature, their soul. The one you were born with, God's not denying that you were born with this, and he's not condemning you for being born with it. But if you make the choice, you are soul, God is spirit, but if you choose to let that sinful nature grow, will harvest decay and death from that nature. But those who live, come on guys, those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life From the Spirit. Verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That verse is key, isn't it? It's key. What is he telling you? This Bible is telling us that you are soul and that God is Spirit But stay in the spirit. Again, I'm getting to, we're going to get to right at this end here that you can't do, I'm not telling you to try to do this in your flesh and try to be good and try to be right. We're going to get to it. The Holy Spirit's going to help you do this. But when we stay spirit and reject the soul, strip the soul, strip your nature, strip how you feel, strip how you think and suppress those things, keep those things away from you and only do what pleases God, that will be your harvest blessing and eternal life and it says verse 14 as for me may i never boast about anything except the cross of our lord jesus christ because of that cross my interest in this world was crucified and the world's interest in me has also died i love that verse man the who i was in the world doesn't even matter anymore and my interest in that doesn't matter. I'm going to keep moving. Are we all right, guys? Because I just wanted to... I know the Lord wanted to say some things. It's a lot, but I'm just going to keep moving. You can go back and listen to uh, this as many times as you want to pick up maybe what you missed today. But it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit, for His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have, come on, read that verse as if it's your own. We have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we don't use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. You can't use natural. You can't speak out of the soul. You can't speak out of natural wisdom. This is a Spirit thing. Your spirit, it's a Spirit thing. God is Spirit. You want to be a believer, you got to be Spirit. You can't take your soul. You can't take your flesh with you. It's not welcome in his presence all it will do to you is kill you your soul your flesh will kill you and it's a lie from the pit of hell that it's a little bit of you is okay no it's not you don't need you you don't we just need the eternal spirit of god united with your spirit amen it says we tell you these things we don't use words that come from human wisdom instead We speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. (laughs) By the Spirit, Spirit words, spiritual truths. It's all Spirit. It's got to be God. It's got to be Spirit way, okay? Let's just leave it at that. Keep moving. 14, but people who aren't spiritual... People who aren't spiritual cannot, you cannot receive these truths. It's the truth that sets you free. Who receives the truth? The spiritual. Who aren't spiritual cannot receive these truths. It's a spirit way. It's not a soul way. You are never, ever, ever going to feel God. I'm not saying that you don't sense His presence, that, but if you think, if you're waiting to feel Him before you believe Him, then you can feel all kinds of things. You can feel the burrito you had yesterday. <laughs> Who gets goosebumps from a, a sweet movie? Is that the Spirit of God? I'm not saying that that's not God when you feel the sp- goosebumps in worship, but it's not an f- emotional feeling. It's not a mind thing. It's a spirit thing. And when you are spirit, you're still within a body. You still have that soul. So then the soul lined up with his spirit now then can have feelings and thoughts, right? The mind of Christ. Jesus said he had compassion on the people. Well, that's an emotion, There are those things, the same things that were within the soul can be carried over. Jesus showed us you can take the soul and control it. You decide to control it. You are not satisfying your flesh. You are satisfying the spirit. So now the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts, and the will lined up with his spirit. It says in verse 15, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Verse 16, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. And I want to bring you into Romans 8. There's so much, man, you could spend weeks just in Romans 8 unbelievable power in this chapter. Unbelievable power in this chapter. It says in Romans 8, verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh, if you're a soul man, you want to fulfill, you want to meet those, that mind, that will, and that emotions you want to fulfill, you want to answer those things in your soul. It says... That the things that you're thinking about are flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, verse 6, for to be carnally minded. I'm sorry, read this in the New King James. To be carnally minded, to be flesh minded, human minded, sin nature minded. It's you're an enemy to God. But to be spiritually minded, to be spiritually minded is life. It says in verse 8, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You cannot. Don't try to do it by, in your own strength. Don't try to get your thoughts right in your head because you won't be able to do it. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit, wait, Let's see what this says. There's an if here. That means that this is conditional. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. I mean, if the Bible doesn't say clearly, what is he saying? When you let the soul, you let that flesh and you rule, you are not, God is not rejecting you. You are proving that there's still something that needs to die. I'm not, don't get worried when flesh comes out of you. Get worried if you let that thing rule in you. All right? Don't be surprised when you say something that is not spiritual. But catch that thing. Don't let that thing rule. Don't let that thing have power. Man, I, I've, I've said so many times, I will, I'll repent before the Lord a thousand times in a day if that's what I have to do. As soon as my mind, just, as soon as my mind thinks something contrary to the Spirit of God, I capture it. Lord, forgive me. And I'll do that. I don't care how many times I have to do that. I will not let those thoughts rule in me because the Bible tells me clearly. And that also proves the fact that I want to do that. It's proving that the Spirit of God is working in me. Because what does the Bible say? If you have the Spirit, you are Christ. It's proving that you are a true believer, that you have the Spirit within you. And the Spirit within you is not trying to fulfill its flesh. It's trying to fulfill what God wants, the Spirit. It's actually the proof. Don't be surprised. I'm going to say it again. When stuff comes out of you, the Holy Spirit will convict the devil condemns. If you stay in that place, he wants to condemn you in that and then keep you there. But don't worry. Let the Holy Spirit convict you because it's working. That's God working. Let him cut that thing from your life and let him grow you. I'm sorry, guys. You're going to have to deal with me for time today. They usually ask you if you're okay. You don't have a choice today. Because we're at the, the meat here that I want you. But it's, you know, I bringing it for last. This will be the thing you remember most anyway. But you hear last. The Spirit of God will guide you. We need the Spirit of God. It says in Romans, you can continue down in verse 12. It says, therefore, listen, it says, therefore, it's there for a reason. It's an old Christian joke, but it makes sense. It's there for a reason. Pay attention. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. You can pull this back up to NLT now. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. The Bible says that it will urge you to do something, but you are not obligated to do it. You don't have to do that thing that your nature wants to do. It will make the most sense so many times because our soul is looking and thinking and feeling in its place. So its solution is going to identify with its feelings. Wow. Once your soul has an urge, it makes sense. I've said it before, your soul wants to get angry at a person and you're like, well, I'm justified, I'm right, etc., etc." Well, your soul's making that action. Remember I started the service telling us what your soul is because back here within the mind, the will and the emotions, your soul has felt that that wasn't right. It has decided, well, this is, what, this is how you treat someone that's right and this is how you treat someone that's wrong and it's made some decisions and now it's come to an action, anger. But we rewind back to that place where we had this encounter before the soul was allowed to act, and we find Jesus on the cross. Remember Jesus on the cross when he was like, screw you. He didn't say that, did he? That's harsh. Hey, let's just be real. He didn't say that. They're putting the nails in his hands and his soul would probably be going through a series of emotions and thoughts. We know that because before he even got to the cross in the garden, he was asking the Lord, if I, if, is there any other way in stress? And here he is, he says, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. He spoke, he acted spirit. He was Just as much man as we are means that he was born with a soul, but he took that thing and said, you're not boss, but the Spirit of God within me is boss. And I'm not responding to flesh with flesh. I'm going to speak spirit because I'm spirit. I'm eternal. I'm with God. And it says, verse 13, For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, come on, this is the key. If through the power of the Spirit you put to death, that means that you don't have to put anything to death. The power of the Spirit, the Spirit will catch you in that thought. He will catch you in those emotions. Uh, even a brand new believer, I've talked to believers and they'll say it didn't work for me. And I say, you got to answer me a question honestly. You have to tell me, you, I'll believe you if you can answer this question honestly. When you left our conversation where I led you to the Lord and you came upon a circumstance and you felt something in, you say, don't do that. Don't say that. You lied to me and tell me that didn't happen. They cannot deny it. The Holy Spirit, when you receive Christ, will start working immediately to put to death a deed in you. You made the choice to receive Christ. It's not magical. It's not fairy, Holy Spirit fairy dust where we're instantly Christian. You made the choice to believe Him. Are you going to make the choice to keep believing Him? All you have to do is believe that the Holy Spirit knows better. You just believe it, and guess what? When you let that thing go, the Holy Spirit does the work. That's it. I mean, I know this is easier said than done when you're in that moment and you need to be right and you need your emotions to be, to be, to rule. You need to be right. We've all been there. We know that place. The Spirit of God will check you and you know it. You know it. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't act that way. The main reason that the Lord had me get into this and to speak this is because, what did we say? It says the truth will set you free. It's the spirit of truth setting us free. He brings you freedom in that moment. But when we reject the Holy Spirit working within us, we put ourselves in a prison. We trap ourselves. God is not doing it technically the devil's not doing it all he's doing is creating a situation of trapping and you by your own choice put yourself in there now i'm not going to leave you there we can get out of that moment because now the holy spirit's going to come back to you again and again and again no matter how deep you get no matter how low you go no matter how far you push him away he will not stop trying and the harder, it gets harder, doesn't it? The more that, that anger and things like that, our are, are emotions are allowed to grow in us. It gets harder. It's better just to get rid of it. I learned when I was a child, my mom told us countless times, if you want to not do something or not be addicted to something, the best way is to never have done it to begin with. That's the best way. It gets harder as it, as it becomes an action. But the Bible is telling us clearly that the Spirit, it's the power of the Spirit. He is not limited in his power. He is not limited by your addiction. He's not limited by your fits of rage and by the outbursts and the things that come out of that. He is not limited and he will go if you let him. And it's a painful process. It's a suffering process sometimes. He will go to the depths of you and he will pull that Junk out of you if you let him. And when you do, as we've said so many times, you feel life. Linda got up here last week. She felt compelled to say that we need to forgive each other. It's part of being a believer. And what happens when we do? We feel the relief. We want to forgive them because we think that's the right thing to do, but we get the benefit. I can be mutual for sure, but we're releasing ourselves. We choose the Spirit. Instead of choosing the soul and the flesh, and we get freedom. The Spirit sets us free with truth. It says, I'll just stay right in Romans. There's other things we could say, but I'll just stay right here and finish with this. Verse 14 says, For all who are led, all who are led by the Spirit of God are Children of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God are His sons and daughters. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. All who are led. Now listen, we are the children of God. God is Spirit, so what would His children be? Spirit. He the Bible more accurately says that he has adopted us. What is that telling us? That tells you clearly that you weren't his son or daughter when you were born. It doesn't mean that was his initial design, but you were not. But then he adopts you into his kingdom. And if he is spirit, then to be a child of God, you have to be led by spirit. Verse 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, which was the Hebrew. It's the most intimate. It means daddy. Daddy. We come back to what the devil stole in the garden we are back. We are now, we are like God. No matter what He tried to do to trick us to, to not be like God, we have become like Him, Spirit, calling Him Daddy. Intimate relationship with Him, walking with Him. We have to be led by God. We have to be intimate with Him. It's such a subtle time in history. I didn't live in other times. so All I can do is say what this time is, but it's so subtle what the devil does, what this world does, what your flesh does. I was just thinking how we can try to bring God into our decisions, and we bring him into our relationships, and we bring him into our lives. But that's so inaccurate. We can do that as the church. Oh, we accepted God. It becomes an accessory to your life. I've accepted Jesus. It's a a part of who I am. It's not a part of who you are. It says that your old man has been stripped off. He's been left. He is no longer And as those things are coming up, the Holy Spirit is pushing. Verse 16, for the Spirit joins with our spirit. God's Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Verse 26, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers. The Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Your soul, your flesh, the Word says will kill you. God's Spirit, we've been adopted. We've become His and we are Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is trying. He's trying so hard. So hard, more than, I maybe, I don't know. I just feel like as people, we can... We push him away so much, and it's so subtle. It's not just, don't murder that person. Oh, Holy Spirit, I'm not going to listen to that. It's the subtle things. It's just the little tiny things. Do you know how many times that I've pushed past my flesh that didn't want to pray, didn't want to gather together, come to church? Those are always the times that I feel like we had a bigger, greater encounter with God than ever before. It's the times where my flesh, and it doesn't seem like sin, doesn't seem like that would be sin. We're not talking about murder and adultery and these things that were like, well, that's obvious. It's the times where your flesh, the, Jesus said it, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He understands his own disciples fell asleep when they should have been praying for what's about to happen on the crucifixion. Our flesh is weak, but those times that you push it aside and decide to listen to the Spirit of God instead of the flesh, I found that we had an encounter with God. Your flesh will not want to pray. It's not going to want to do anything for anybody ever. I don't need to tell you that. But we decide to let the Holy Spirit rule. We become spirit people. Spirit people live Forever. Spirit people are not trapped. They can't be. They're free. Let's stand and pray. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much. That you sent your son to die for us. And Jesus, you said, don't be sad that I'm dying, that I'm leaving this world, because I'm going to send you the helper, the advocate, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and He will lead you into all truth. He will help you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Forgive us for pushing you away. Forgive us for choosing our flesh over Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to come into us again. Just as we see in Acts, Lord, that they were filled. But then it came time where they were filled again. Lord, we need to be filled. And we're crying out, Lord. We're reaching into heaven right now, Lord. We need your spirit. We see. We can see Lord, but with spiritual eyes, not in flesh eyes, but when we've been redeemed and freed and given new eyes. Now we see, Lord, that there's only one way to live, and it's a spirit way. Now we see the soul working. Now we see the flesh ruling, and we don't want to be those people. We want to be spirit of God people, filled with your spirit. Speaking your spirit, just as the scripture said, it's a spirit thing, so I don't use natural things. I use spiritual wisdom to say spiritual truths from the spirit himself. Lord, that's who we want to be. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.